Hello and welcome to Day 3 Live, the live broadcast of Sunday morning service at Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. You can learn more about our ministry at day3church.org or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash d3church. COVID-19 is affecting everyone in the country. Many people are facing struggles right now that no one could have foreseen. Layoffs, loss of income, isolation, others find they're working longer and harder hours with lots of stress. No matter where you fit into this list, one thing is for certain, we need peace now more than ever. That's why Pastor Lynn is doing a series simply titled Peace. Join us today for part one of our series called Peace with God. Here's Pastor Lynn. Guys, if you take your Bible and, and turn with me to Romans chapter 5 today, uh, we're launching a new series, and, and we'll get to uh, reading one verse uh, to start with in, in just a moment uh, in Romans 5. I'll be some other places that we'll jump around, but we're starting a new series entitled Peace. I think maybe the reason that led me in this direction, I thought about doing a little bit more of a of a devotional type series, uh, because over the last few weeks, uh, I've been trying to do a uh, devotion online every day. Some days I haven't got it done, especially this week. I had some really busy days, uh, but we've been doing a devotional online entitled These Days. Uh, so that was one thing pushed me in that direction probably a little bit, uh, and then with us doing this on, online, uh, but especially what we're facing in our culture and our world today and our in our nation with this coronavirus and stay-at-home order and uh, you know a lot of you may be being affected by your uh, jobs or finances or whatever the case might be I just thought it might be good for us to focus on the uh, the thought of peace uh, for a few weeks so that's what we're going to uh, do uh, let's be honest to start with as we even start this series out I think all of us can use more peace in our lives I know I can uh, I think every you know those the staff that's gathered here, Billy over here helping uh, with, with tech, technology, Sandra's back here. I think all of us would agree that we could use more peace in our lives. So I think you probably would say amen to that at your home. Uh, some of you probably when you heard that I'm going to talk about peace, you might have got pumped up a little bit and you might be thinking to yourself, well, yeah, I need all the peace that I can possibly get. So, you know, go ahead and give it to me. I, I just want all the peace that I can get. At the same time, the flip side of that can be true for some people because some of you might be thinking, yeah, tell me more about peace. And yet sometimes people, uh, kind of get to a place in their life that they're shut down on certain topics. And you might have thought to yourself when I said the word peace, and we're going to be talking about peace for a few weeks, you might have thought to yourself, what in the world are you going to talk about peace? What is peace anyway? You might be feeling so much the absence of peace in your life that you're thinking to yourself, I don't even want to hear about peace because I don't know if I can experience peace. So that may be where you are uh, also as we start this series off uh, today. To, to get on the right path with this series, we need to start out with, with a proper biblical, I guess, doctrinal uh, approach to, to peace to begin with before we start talking about uh, having the peace of God in our heart or experiencing peace in our heart. And, and here's why that's true. Before you can really experience the peace of God or peace in your heart, the Bible, I think, teaches you have to have peace with God before you can have the peace of God. And you may be asking, well, why is that the case? Well, you, you see, you can't experience the peace of God until, first of all, you have peace with 
God. To be honest, we can't even really experience peace in our own lives or peace in our own hearts because of guilt of sin and other turmoil we might have taken place in our lives. We can't really experience peace in ourselves until, first of all, we know we're at peace with God, that we really have true peace with our heart with God. Uh, in other words, what I'm saying is, is this. Before you can really experience peace in your heart, you have to get right with God. You have to be right with him. You, you have to admit and agree with him that, that you're a sinner. You have to trust fully in the gospel of Jesus in order for you to have true peace in your heart. You have to have faith in Christ, faith in him as your savior before you can ever, ever really expect to have peace in, in your life. And here's why. The Bible teaches, and before we jump into verse 1, that's going to be our main focus today, but, but the Bible teaches, we're going to look at, at verse 10, Romans 5, in a moment, but the Bible teaches because we're sinners, we were enemies with God. So if we're going to experience peace in our heart and peace with God, we have to deal with this thing of being an enemy with God. Romans 5, verse 10, in the ESV, says this, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. So, so before a person can be reconciled to God, before a person is reconciled to God, the Bible says he's an enemy of God. And that has to change. Something has to take place to, to change that in order for us to really have peace. And you guys, the Bible teaches this. The Bible teaches the only thing that changes this enemy relationship that we have with God is faith in the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ on the cross. That, that's the only thing that changes it. The Bible also says this in Romans 8, 7. I'm going to read it to you in about three different translations. First of all, in the ESV, it says this, for the mind that, that is set on the flesh, some translations say the carnal mind, but the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law, and indeed cannot. In the King James Version, Romans 8, 7 says this, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. And that's in the King James. The Good News Translation puts it like this, And so people become enemies of God, when they are controlled by their human nature, for they do not obey God's law, and in fact, they cannot obey it. So the, so the Bible teaches a person that has a mind set upon or controlled by the flesh, and in, in fact, they, they, they can't obey God. They can't be at peace with God. They're an enemy of God. Another way to say that is you're at war with God. So, so the opposite of war is what? The opposite of war is peace. So for us to really experience the peace of God in, in our lives, we have to have peace with God to begin with. Uh, another way of saying that, if we're at war with God, we need to uh, wave our white flag of surrender to Jesus, to where we trust in, in him. Now, now, that being said, to kind of set the context of what we're talking about, look with me at our, at our focal verse at Romans 5 and in verse 1. The Bible says there this, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through 
our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read it again. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So before we spend a few weeks focusing upon how to have the peace of God in, in our lives, we, we need to understand today how to have the peace with God. And I want you to notice how a person can have peace with God based upon Romans 5 and verse number 1. And guys, we don't really have a fancy outline today. It's more devotional. I'm just going to kind of walk through some of the phrases that's in verse 1. And, and to begin with this morning, number 1 is this, the word therefore. The word therefore. Uh, most of you have been around day 3 very long, or you've probably heard of say this, if you go to church somewhere else and you're just joining us online today, you've probably heard people say, when you read the word therefore, you need to look and see what it's there for. Well, in this particular instance, the word therefore points back to Romans 4. It points back to the example of Abraham's faith. That's what's meant by the word therefore. So let's bounce back into Romans 4 just for a minute. Verse 3 through 6 says this, For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not are not counted as a gift, but as a due. In other words, if he's working for it, he's earned it, so it's being paid to him. It's not a gift. And God's salvation, the Bible clearly teaches, is a gift. And you'll see that as we keep reading. And the one who does not work, but trusts in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith, that kind of faith, his faith, is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteous apart from works. Here, under divine inspiration, the Apostle Paul is saying God counts people righteous apart from works. We can't work our way to heaven because it's not based upon our works. It's based upon our, our faith in Jesus. And that's the kind of faith that Abraham had. He, he believed God. He took God at his word. Romans 4, verse 20 through 25 gives us some more information. No distrust made him, talking about Abraham, no distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. <coughs> it would be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead, Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up from our trespasses and was raised for our justification. So as this word therefore points us back to Abraham's faith, we, we find that Abraham simply took God at his word. God had, had, had promised Abraham in, that, that he would be the father of a mighty group of people, of a multitude, of a mighty nation. God had promised Abraham that through Abraham that, that all the nations, all the peoples of the world would be blessed. And that ultimately happens through Jesus. 
Abraham believed God, and because he believed God, because he took God at his word, the Bible tells us it was counted to Abraham as righteousness, not because of works, not even because Abraham did anything like, uh, like circumcision, because the, you know, that happened at some time later. Abraham was counted righteous simply because he took God at his Word. He never wavered in his faith. The promise of God had made him that he would father a son, even in his old age, and that he would ultimately bless the world through his seed, which would be Jesus. Abraham was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. But, but here's the main point I want you to get this morning. The main point is this. Abraham was counted as righteous. He was counted as though he had never sinned simply because of his faith. God counted Abraham as righteous because he took God at his word, because of his faith. And the Bible said this also, as we read about Abraham's faith, that said it wasn't written for him also, it's also written for us. So in other words, when we take God at his word, when we believe what God says by faith, for, for us, when we take God at his word concerning Jesus, when we take God at his word concerning the gospel, when we believe what God tells us about the Lord Jesus Christ, when we agree with God that we're sinners and we repent of that sin and we trust in Jesus in his full finished work that he did for us on the cross, the Bible tells us this, God makes us righteous, just like he made Abraham righteous. Um, in, in, in Romans 5, 1, he's telling us how we can have, how we can have peace with God, how we can have peace with God. The only way to have peace with God is through trusting Christ as our Savior. And God reckons us. He, he makes us just like we've never seen. We'll talk about that word in just, a, in just a moment. In order for us to have peace with God, we have to trust in Jesus. And then once having peace with God, that opens up the door to where we can have the peace of God. Second thing I want you to see this morning is this. We looked at the word, therefore, but I want you to see the second part of that verse, Romans 5, 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, since we've been justified by faith, here it's talking about an experienced justification that that's past tense. Look, look at the way it's stated. Since we have been, past tense, justified by faith. And after pointing back to the, to the faith of Abraham, Paul speaks to those who have been justified by faith. He's writing to people who've already trusted Christ as their Savior. He's writing to people that have been justified. The, the word that he uses there in the Greek for justified is in the aorist tense. And kind of what that means in this particular case, it's in the aorist tense. And it means it's a one-time action that happened in the past, the way it's used here. The, the word itself means this, to have been rendered or shown to be or to be regarded as innocent. Now, all of us understand we're not innocent if we'll be honest. All of us are sinners. All of us fall short of God's glory. We are not innocent, but when we trust Jesus as our Savior, God reckons us, God makes us just like we are 
innocent. He, he makes us just like we're innocent or holy. Some of you have heard me refer to it like this before. It's just as if I never sinned. That's a good way to think about justification because when you trust Christ as your Savior, God makes you just like you've never sinned as far as he's concerned. It says we're justified, not by works, but we're justified by faith. And that word by, by faith, that phrase means by our persuasion that Jesus is who he claimed to be, by, by giving credence or reliance upon Jesus Christ the Savior. What the Apostle Paul is telling us is this. The Apostle Paul is saying, since we have been past tense, a past action, justified by faith, we have peace with God. In other words, guys, before you can have peace with God, you have to be justified. Before you can have peace with God, you have to be justified through faith in Jesus. Look later on in Romans chapter 5 for a little bit more information about this in verse 9. Romans 5 verse 9 through 11. So since therefore we have been justified by his blood. That's how it took place. He shed his blood on the cross for us. Much more shall we be saved by him through the wrath of God. And then we read verse 10 earlier. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled by God through the death of his son, how much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life? Because he took his life back up. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom we now have received reconciliation. If you understand, you've been reconciled with God. If you understand, you've been made just like you've never sinned. That gives you peace with God, but also opens up the door for you to experience the peace of God in your life because you know you've been made just by God, by trusting in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Third thing I want you to see this morning as we continue walking through Romans 5, 1 is this. We saw the word therefore, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, then Paul writes these words, we have peace with God. We, we possess a settled, surrendered peace there that we have with God because we've been justified by faith. Paul writes there in, in, in the kind of the third part of uh, Romans 5.1, we have peace with God. The word have that he uses means to have as a possession or to have as a personal possession. It is something you're, you're holding on to. You, you hold it as a possession. So he's saying we can hold on to peace. And the word for peace here doesn't mean the kind of peace that you think, well, I, I feel at peace in my heart. I've got this warm feeling of peace in, in my life. <clears throat> the word that he uses for peace here means this. It means to join or to be at one with. It means to join together what was separated. In other words, because of our sin, we were separated from God. And this word peace here means that we join back together with God. And that phrase with God means in the direction of or forward or towards God, the, the supreme deity. And I'll say more about that in, in just a moment. Well, what he's telling us is this, that those who place faith in Christ not only have peace, but, but you are now positioned 
As a believer, as a Christian, because you've trusted in Christ and you've been made just by God, you've been made righteous by God, you can hold peace as a personal possession. Peace with God belongs to you because of what Jesus did on the cross and in your faith in him. Through faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross, you're given the capacity to hold on to peace with God as a, as a personal, permanent possession of yours because of what Jesus did on the cross. Now, and I want you to notice the kind of peace that's spoken of here. It's not just a peaceful feeling. I, I kind of alluded to that a moment ago. The, the kind of peace referred to here is much more than singing with the eagles. I've got a, you know, got a, a peaceful, easy feeling. That's not the kind of uh, phrase that's being spoken of here. That's not the kind of peace that's being spoken of. The, the peace is spoken of in Romans 5, 1 means this. Through faith in Jesus, through being made just by your faith in Jesus, justified by your faith in Jesus, you are now at peace with God. Remember what I said earlier? You were hostile toward God. You were an enemy with God. You were an enemy of God, depending on the translations that, that, that you look at. You once were at, at war with God because of your sin, because you're in an unredeemed state. You're the enemy of God, hostile to God, not interested in the things of God. But, but now that's changed because you trusted Christ. Now through being justified by faith in Christ and his gospel, you who were once separated from God, you've now been joined back together with God. Through faith in Jesus, you, you're made to be at one with God again. Guys, when we were lost in our sin, <clears throat> the thought of, of moving toward God, of, of, of walking toward God might have been a fearful thing because we understood who he was and who we were. And we had all this guilt and everything because of the sin that was in our life. So we might have been fearful to think about God, fearful to, to think about going toward God whatsoever. But, but now, instead of being fearful, when you think about going toward God, looking to God, going in God's direction, drawing near God, instead of being fearful, you can be joyful but because of the fact that you've trusted Christ as your Savior and you've been made justified. And because God has justified you, you've been made at peace with God. You're no longer at war with him. You're at peace with him. You're no longer against his kingdom. You've been brought into his kingdom kingdom. You're one of his subjects now. You belong in his kingdom. And guys, the Bible even teaches us more intimate than that. The Bible teaches that through faith in Jesus, we become part of the family of God. We can cry out, Abba, Father. We've been brought in to his family. That's how much peace we can have in our hearts because we, we, we know we've been brought into God's kingdom. We've been adopted into his family. And thus, being at peace with God, you can begin to experience the peace of God in your heart. Once you see the last part of, of verse 1, we talked about through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us. We're justified, and by being justified, we're made at peace with God. In the last part of verse 1, of Romans 5 that we're just walking through today for this devotional message is this. It says, through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
And here I want you to think about the pathway and the person of peace. We're given the pathway to peace, but we also have the person of peace. Listen here in the last part of, of Romans 5.1. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through is kind of talking about a pathway. But through, the, the word literally means the channel of the act. In other words, the channel of the act, <clears throat> the, the pathway to being at peace with God only happens through a specific pathway, through a specific channel. And there's only one way that we can really come to the point where we're at peace with God. The, the world offers all kinds of pathways to peace. And all the things the world offers you will always disappoint you and always <laughs> let you down. Literally, because those pathways that the world offers you only takes you further away from being at peace with God. Because the, the pathways of the world will remove you from the peace with God. The, the Bible teaches there's only one <clears throat> channel. There's only one mediator. There's only one pathway to being at peace with God. So that's why Paul writes through, through the channel of the act, our, our Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus himself, yes, he's the person of peace, but he's also the, the pathway of peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. That phrase, our Lord Jesus Christ, literally means of us. <clears throat> I hope today you can already say that he's your Savior. I hope you can say, our Lord Jesus Christ, you personally mean that yourself. Our Lord, the one that's supreme in authority, Jesus Christ, the, he's, the, the word Jesus means Jehovah saves. He's the anointed one. It's not his last name. We talked about that last week. He's the, <laughs> the Christos. He's the one that's been smeared with oil, more or less. It gives a picture of him being consecrated to an office or religious service. And that's what Jesus did for us. He came into this world undaunted, consecrated to the Father to come here and go to the cross and die and fully pay for our sins. See, the only pathway to peace with holy God is through Jesus Christ. There's no other pathway. There's no other way. He's the only channel of the act. He's the only pathway whereby you can have peace with God. The only pathway to peace with God is through Jesus. He's the only pathway to peace with God. Jesus is the doorway to peace with God. He's the only channel to bring you to peace with God. But he's also the person of peace. I mean, the Bible literally refers to Jesus as being the prince of peace. He's the person of peace. He's the only one who can bring you to peace with God. Now, now think about this for a moment. <clears throat> if you're at war with some king, some earthly king, against some earthly kingdom, who better could bring you in and mediate peace between you and that king than the son of that king? You see, that's what Jesus did for us. We were at enmity with God. We were at war with God because we were lost in our sin. And Jesus is the perfect mediator. He, he's the son of the king. He, he's the son of the father. And Jesus, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, God in the flesh himself. He's the perfect one, the only one that can bring us before his father and can bring us into his father's throne room and say to the father, Daddy, this is Lynn Parsons. <laughs> 
And, and Lynn Parsons, I want to let you know, Lynn Parsons has fully surrendered himself to you. And he's not at war with you anymore. Instead, he's, he's going to serve you. Put your name there. Jesus is the only one that can do that for you. He can take you right in to the Father's throne room and say, this is John Lewis. This is Harold Tripler. This is, this is you. Put your name there. And if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, he can say, Father, this person is no longer at war. He, he surrendered to you to serve you. But guys, that's not all Jesus can say. <laughs> he can say, Father, remember this. I also went to the cross and I fully paid for all the past sins of this person in order that this person can be at peace with you. That's what Jesus has done for us. He's the, the, the person of peace. And after you trust in him, after you know Christ as your Savior, you have peace with God, and through that, you can begin having the peace of God in your heart and life. Keep reading here in Romans 5, verse 2. Through him, we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. In other words, knowing that you've obtained access through faith in Christ to God's amazing grace. He even said we can stand in God's amazing grace, God's unmerited favor. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. No one deserves it. But through faith in Jesus, we have access. We've obtained access by faith into the unmerited favor of God, into this grace. And we can stand there. That's our firm foundation. We can stand upon the grace of God. And that allows us to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You know, we can experience hope here, but I'm talking about ultimately one day, the glory of God. We can rejoice in that hope one day, that confident expectation one day that we'll be there with God throughout all eternity. Guys, if that's not peace of God in your heart and your life, I don't know what is. You, you knowing that your sins are forgiven, you knowing that, that you have access to God's grace, you knowing that you can stand there for all eternity in the grace of God, knowing that you have the hope of the glory of God. I, I tell you what, that is the peace of God in your heart because you have peace with God. Keep, uh, <clears throat> keep reading verse 43.5, and we'll be finished in a moment. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings. We don't just rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. He, he says we rejoice in our sufferings. <clears throat> that means whatever you're going through right now, coronavirus, whatever it might be, absence of a job, whatever it might be, difficulties that I know nothing about that God does, that you're facing in your life and your heart. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. <clears throat> and endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Here's more or less what he's saying here. We can know for sure by faith. In other words, if you're going through something that's causing you to suffer, you can know that God's using it for a purpose. You can know that that suffering is going to produce endurance in your life. It's going to give you the ability to stay underneath things that you face in this life. And that endurance produces character. 
And what he's meaning by that is basically this, as you endure things with God, as you endure things, as you go through things, as you make it through things, knowing that you're at peace with God and you have the peace of God in your heart, as you make it through things, that endurance produces character in your life. Because that character, you can look at and you say, I've been through that with God. And that character produces hope. So in other words, the next time you go through suffering, the next time you go through bad things, you can understand this. I made it through in the past because of God. I'll make it through in the future because of God, because of my relationship in, with Jesus. It's that hope never puts us to shame. You'll never, ever be ashamed of the hope and the faith and the confidence that you have in, in the Lord. <clears throat> and then he said this, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Now, guys, just think about that. I'm going to tell you something. That's God's peace. That that is God's peace literally, actively living in your heart. See what he said there in, in the very last part of that. For God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit this has been given to us. If you know Christ as you say, the Holy Spirit of God actively lives in your life. And the love of God is actively being poured into your life. And knowing you can make it through all those things we talked about a minute ago. You can make it through suffering and that endurance will give you more character. And that character gives you more hope in your life. Making it through all those things give you the, the confidence you need to trust in Jesus fully. And guys, the fact that the Holy Spirit is there doing that for you, that is God's peace living right in your life. Whatever your circumstances might be, sufferings we can rejoice, knowing that suffering is producing endurance, the ability to make it through things like suffering, and that endurance is producing character in our lives. And the past history of making it through difficulties, through faith in God, produces additional confidence, hope in our lives. Guys, you might could use one word to describe all that, authenticity. <laughs> the fact that we have made it through those things by faith in Christ. That gives us the hope, the confidence that we're authentic in our faith. And that gives us the peace of God. We can have the peace of God through all those types of circumstances because we are at peace with God. As we get ready to close this morning, we're going to have a time of invitation and I want to ask you some questions. Do, do you need more peace in your life? I mean, be honest. <laughs> Y'all raise both hands at home with us right now saying, oh, I need more peace in my life. <laughs> you might need to raise your feet too. Go through your house and ask your dogs and your cats to, to raise their paws. <laughs> Need more peace. Daryl just had a heart attack because I said the word cats. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you need the peace of God in your life? The experiential peace of God in your life? Well, if so, <clears throat> according to the scriptures, Having the peace of God in your life begins with being at peace with God. You use surrendering your life to Jesus. 
And ask yourself this, and be really honest today. Are you at peace with God? Do you know without any doubt you are at peace with God? If not, you can be through faith in Jesus. Through faith in in Christ, you can be made righteous. God will make you just like you've never sinned. He will justify you and, and count you righteous if you'll trust in his son. Let me read our verse text again today. Therefore, since we have been, have you been? Since we have been justified by faith, is that true of your life? If not, how about getting that right right now? And just pray and say, God, I I admit I'm a sinner. God, I ask you to make me just. I'm not just. God, I'm not innocent. But God, I'm asking you to, to, to render me innocent, to count me as innocent. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you done that? Have you been made just? Have you been justified by faith? If so, that means you have peace with God. And if you have peace with God already, you can have the peace of God. No matter what you're facing, coronavirus 19 or whatever else the world may send our way, we can have the peace of God in our lives because we know we've been justified. We're standing in the grace of God and his love's been poured into our hearts and his Holy Spirit lives in our lives. So if you know that, you ought to be experiencing the peace of God. If you know Christ as your Savior, you're not experiencing the peace of God. You're focusing on the wrong things. (laughs) You need to start focusing on Jesus and what he did for you. And if you don't know that you have peace with God, why not pray with me right now? Father, Father, I pray that everyone joining with us right now, or everyone that may watch this later on this week, today, whenever. Father, I pray right now that those who already know Christ as Savior, Lord, I pray that they'll change their focus away from all the things that may be worrying them and help them to focus upon the fact that they've been made just by what your Son did on the cross. You've justified them. You've made them righteous because they took you at your word, just like Abraham took you at your word. They've taken you at your word concerning your son and what he did on the cross. They believed your gospel. But Father, those that have done that, those that have have believed your gospel, Father, I, I pray that you give them the peace they need in their lives right now, the peace of God. But Father, I pray for others that are watching that may never have trusted in Jesus. Maybe they've been scared to think about approaching God because they know of their sin, they know of their guilt, and they feel like they're not worthy. Or help them to understand nobody's worthy. None of us are worthy. That's why it's called grace. That's why it's your unmerited favor. And Father, anyone that's that's listening right now, Father, Father, I, I, I pray that you help them right now to admit to you that they're a sinner, to repent, to agree with you they've sinned, and that they're willing to turn from their sin and turn to you.
Father, give them the faith they need right now to trust in Jesus, the finished, complete work of Jesus on the cross. Father, help them to pray and say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus paid fully, completely, totally for all my sin. Father, right now, I I give you my life. I I invite you into my life. I I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, I want to follow you all the rest of the days of my life. I take you at your word. And I believe your gospel. I believe in your son. For it's in, in Christ's name I pray. Amen. If you're a, a believer that maybe has been absence of peace in, in your life, the peace of God in your life, because you've allowed your focus to be distracted during these days, maybe comment on our Facebook feed. Be honest with God and, and let us know that you're admitting you've not had the peace of God in your life because you've been worrying about other stuff. And the reason I ask you to do that is for you to be transparent with God and us so we can pray for you. And pray you will experience more of, the peace of, more of the peace of God. If you don't know Christ as your Savior and you prayed just a moment ago, let us know that too because we want to follow up with you. Try and help you, try and point you in a direction of growing as a Christian. If you still have questions, maybe you don't know about all the stuff about trusting in Jesus. If, if you've got questions, you'll just admit that and say, hey, I, I don't know about this. I've, I've got more questions. Comment there and let us know, and we'll be glad to try and follow up with you. Please listen to the Holy Spirit speak into your life during this time of invitation. As John leads us, as he sings, <clears throat> continue to listen to what God is saying to you about having the peace with God or the peace of God. Are you struggling to find peace in your life? Maybe God is using your current circumstances to get your attention. He loves you and he longs for you to be at peace with him. He wants you to come to him in repentance and receive the gift of peace. If you'd like to know more about how you can have peace with God, we would love to talk with you. We'd love to pray with you and offer support. Please contact us at day3church.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash d3church. We care about you and we want to connect with you. We're here to help. Until next time, this is Pastor John reminding you that God is greater than your circumstance and his mercies are new every morning. It's time to experience a new day in your life.